everyone, and welcome to episode 448 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Good morning, Seth. I'm I'm recovered. I'm alive. Oh, that's beat smallpox. Oh, yeah, you were in rough shape. I, I, I've got a little cold. And then when I was thinking like, oh, I could complain about my cold. I was like, no, Richard's got like literally the plague. So I can't I can't say anything about my stuffy nose or whatever. But <laughs> we also have another coast in Crib. How are you today, Crib? Uh, I'm back. My power's back. And, you know, uh, yeah. So like, you know, Richard and I were both gone. That's wild. Yeah. Now we're, now we're back. I I feel like this is the last week. It was me and Tomer because Richard was plagued and Krim was hurricaned. Um, this is I think that's the first podcast that we've ever had both of you missing since we've been a crew. I'm pretty sure that's the first time that's ever happened. So unique cast uh, last week for sure. But back to normal this week, and we have some pretty good topics to talk about. So we got the full Wilds of Eldorade set. We still have some uh, more thoughts, some questions about the set. So we're going to talk Wilds of Eldorade. We just got a ton of new secret layer drops. The fall super drop just was announced. So we might get into that a little bit. There's also a weird special event, no ban list historic on Magic Arena we might mention and then answer some fish mail so that's the overview for today before we get into it though a reminder that today's show is brought to you by card conduit and card conduit's the easiest way to sell your magic cards and if you ever get tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards card conduit lets you skip them with their curated service you can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a five percent service fee and if you want to do a bit of work you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just two percent and either way you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once your order is processed. And right now you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic. And let's start with what I would say is the biggest news. We got a new magic set that is about to drop. So we have the full spoiler for Wilds of Eldorane. This weekend's kind of like early access stuff, pre-release stuff. And then uh, the set officially releases next week, digitally and in paper. Now that we have the full set. We have a few cards and questions we wanted to go over, but I'm curious, what do you guys think of the set as a whole? This is our second visit to Eldorain. Always a little bit of challenge, I think, with returning planes. Can you meet expectations? Eldorain in specific is like a historically broken set. What do you think now that we see Eldorain 2.0? Oh, this set is actually kind of balanced. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I guess that could be wrong, right? Cause like maybe, maybe we get a, our hands on the cards and then they get added into the meta and it's the worst thing ever. But, uh, like so far, this is the perfect mark. It hits the mark for me. It looks like it's really powerful, but also not Eldrain one powerful. What about you, Richard? Crim says balanced. He just means there's no Oko or Once Upon a Time, but or Ember very strong or Questing Beasts. Uh, Quest, or, you're putting Questing Beast up there? <laughs> wait. Yo, Questing Beast. I, I, know, I know he's wrecking the one ring in modern, but hold on here. You no, wait, 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 Beast with when he was in standard. Oko. I mean, yeah, of course. Oko, Oko was leagues ahead, right? But like, you you know, then you had Bone Crusher. Like, you had so many things. Like, yeah. like uh, we're talking about like yeah. the bottom. Like, if we went with like maybe car the like the 15th to like the 20th best card in Eldrain 1 that was probably a top 5 for some of the other sets that have come out in magic 
Yeah. <laughs> Even after the bannings, it's still a yeah. wild drain, right? That's yeah. Wild. But no, we're, we're in wilds adventures. now. Uh-huh. Yeah, in wilds. I don't know why there's so many competitively cost adventures. We just don't want to ever run out of cards. I'm waiting for the day where we just play the same card over and over again, like five times. Like, play from the front side, exile, play the back side, activate its ability from the graveyard, return it to your hand. Like, woo. I, you thought standard was grindy? I think standard's getting grindier. Like, some of these cards come back like four times, have like four castings. <laughs> It's I, I don't know they're they're allergic to top deck wars and games ending, but I don't know. I think the cards are very powerful. Uh, there are cards that look like they're made for sixty card instead of the it's usual uh, commander set. Yeah. So whether this changes standard, I don't know. I'd like to get your opinions on it. Uh, but there are a bunch of cards that you could see, you know, being played in standard. Right? Is it in the right colors? And does it beat shoulder et cetera, et cetera? We'll find out. But. It looks like an exciting set. It's not going to be a flop, I don't think. I, I think we, we will see Eldraine in standard. Uh, but what will it be will be the question. Yeah, that's, that's the question. Like, this set does, it looks very good to me. And I think I like where they put the power in this set, where the way they designed the set, to me, it looks like they avoided, like, Shieldreds and Okos and these, like, generically uh, Fable of the Mirror Breakers, these, like, generically powerful put-you-in-every-single-deck-type cards for the most part. You could argue that there's, like, I don't know, there's some cards that are just fine, but there's nothing super pushed like that. Most of the power seems focused on specific archetypes, like, play the roll deck, and I'm going to be really good. Play a spell slinger deck, and I'm going to be really good. So I really like that direction. I think it's a really, really healthy direction to go. I do have a little fear that, like, just looking through the set, is this actually going to defeat two years worth of really good cards? The problem is, like, we still have a lot of those generically powerful cards. We still have Shieldreds and Wandering Emperors and uh, the Wedding Announcements. And when you see, like, three blind mice and then look at Wedding Announcement, you're like, oh, like, yeah, this is just, like, worst Wedding Announcement in, like, 99% of decks, right? So I do have a fear that Standard is not going to be immediately shaken up as much as I'd like. Although looking at this set, if they just keep designing sets like this, I feel like Standard could end up in a really good place eventually. We'll see if people still care about standard when eventually comes. Like that's the that's the like if it's still shouldered for another year and like control decks for another year, are is it gonna maintain people's interest? But I don't know, what do you think, Grandma? Are you expecting like a wholesale upheaval to the format with these cards? Or do you think it's more you know, some around the edges stuff? Are you expecting a bunch of new decks, I guess is the question, or are we like slotting some stuff into the existing good decks? I actually okay. Well, obviously, uh, the existing good decks will still be there, uh, but then there's going to be a few new decks too. I I think there will be a few. Don't say fairies. Um, I mean, yeah, like well, actually, yes, but <laughs> I, I okay. I believe that Ivy. I told. I think we we you know we did a top ten video, right? But yeah, I do believe Ivy and that whole archetype that you were jamming like week week zero or whatever with venerated rot priests. I don't know. Maybe maybe that gets a huge boost, right? Because of the new the one drop fairy. Then there's actual just fairies. Uh and and I I, I like again, maybe I'm a little bit biased because I want there to be fairies. Even and like, yeah, like there's there's all the sweet new value cards that are in color pairings that don't have a home yet, right? Um, like, like a lot of these adventures could also just make an adventure deck happen right now, uh, potentially, right? Cause like there are some sweet adventures in Teamer. There's no lucky charm or anything like that this format, thank God. But yeah, like 
like the there's just so many good cards and i and i and i just like genuinely just good not busted so i i think i don't know if eldraine is going to solve all of our woes uh that's a pun because wilds of eldraine but uh like on top of that uh like i will say that i think this whole three-year standard thing is a slow burn it's gonna it's gonna my hot take is that i think it does make standard interesting now we're gonna have a bigger and a deeper card pool eventually uh and then like it's i actually think that this whole three-year standard thing might actually help standard a lot so crim said a key word there he said good but not busted the problem is we only play busted cards in standard, <laughs> right? What, that what, that is the problem. Like, if once you add bu- all your busted? like fairy synergies together, once you've like assembled fairy Tron, it's still not as good as like a Shouldred. Like, I could just play a one card Troned up Shouldred, and but like, but that's, that's okay. Synergy decks. So I'm like great synergy decks, but. What are the Jun cards I could slap children with here, right? So maybe we get Void Rend. color combinations I mean, like Golgari or something because there's some good green cards you want to play. But I still feel we're going to be in a good stuff meta. I, I don't know that there's any synergies that will just straight up overtake our good cards. I mean, I mean, I, I, uh, we got to remember this is a long process. Like this set gives me hope for like a year or two from now. But remember, like, Wizards thought we were rotating in September. When they designed these cards, they were designing, expecting rotation, expecting two years of cards in standard. So they were not designing like with this expectation. That's something that happened after the set was designed. So I feel like, yes, I agree with Richard in the short term. Like right now, Shieldred's still there and that's a problem. Good but not busted is great. Synergistic and like different archetypes is great. But we might have to wait to see the payoff until after the the busted cards, quote unquote, or like those generically good cards end up rotating in a year or two. So I think like we're going down a path that I think is really healthy. And this set gives me a ton of excitement for like standard a year from now. But short term, I'm kind of like, oh, I bet I'm still going to be seeing a lot of shield reds or a lot of the wandering emperors. Just those like any black deck should play me. Any white deck should play me style cards until we actually get further down this path so i think we're on a really good path we're just at the start of the path and it's going to take another year of like set design and eventually a rotation to really see the fruits of where we're going so i think i agree with richard short term but i agree with Krim long term that like a year from now i think if they keep doing this we're going to be in a really good spot and it could be an overall positive for standard we're just going to go through a i think a clunky year this year as like some of the mistakes of the past are not leaving the format this time around and I don't know if I the mean, synergy cards can compete with just the generically good cards from a year or two ago. I get that, you know, like we're probably tired of seeing like, you know, the pillars of like last standard, right? But I do think that in a standard format, there will always be a card that or whatever in a certain color we're all going to gravitate towards that we always include into our deck. Whether And it just might be a little annoying because, you know, black had been so dominant for so long, right? But like... Wandering Emperor, uh, uh, Shielder, these are fine. I think cards that just are naturally, there's gotta be one generically good card, sure, that everybody wants to play. Like, like the, the that's, I, I think it's fine that these cards exist. So I, I'm gonna, but s- 
that means your fairies don't get to see play because why would I put all your fairies together when I could just play a generically good card that's better than any of your synergistic cards? Like why do all the work of like, I'm gonna play a two, three that might draw a card when I attack with a fairy, when I can just be like, oh, I'm gonna play Shieldred and you die. <laughs> well, simply have a plan for these cards, right? And try your best to like stop them and see, like it's too early for me because I won't say that it's all gloom and doom until I have the cards and I've played with them. Right. And I will say that right now, I think that fairies, if, if your opponent is just jamming a four drop, like, you know, like then like hopefully you have something ready for that. That's, that's the best case scenario, obviously, because they're also going to play 30 things before it. But we're, we're, we're going to see how dominant black is. We, we know that it's still going to be good, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. I want to see how it plays because I think it's fine that these cards in like Wandering Emperor exist. It'll be interesting. I'm excited to see how it plays. I would say I, I agree that like there's always going to be best cards, but I feel like we're in this weird mix right now where to me, Eldraine yeah. feels like a synergistic set where the goal is and Wizards has actually talked about this when they talked about changing rotations. They want to move towards like making different archetypes and not just generic good stuff decks like that's where they are trying to push the format. And I think we can see that in Eldraine where it's like, I want you to be a tap deck. I want you to be a roll deck. I want you to be a fairy deck like these synergies that work well together and look pretty powerful together but i think we still have just like the leftovers from the last era of design which was like let's just put busted commander cards and hopefully standard will <laughs> will we'll be okay with it so i think with the leftovers hanging on is is the part that's concerning although there's a ton of stuff i'm really hyped for i'm really hyped to like try a lot of this stuff and I agree that we got to wait and see. Like, maybe maybe some of this stuff will play really well. Maybe the Synergy decks can compete with the, the generic good stuff decks. Worst case, it doesn't. And I think we're still on a really good path for the for the the long term with Standard, with more sets like Eldorain, I think. So I think we're on a good path regardless. It's just a matter of how quick we end up getting getting to the end of the path and really seeing that payoff. But anyway, let's talk some uh, specific cards. There's a few cards we went through a lot last week, but there's still a few cards that I had questions about that were spoiled since last podcast. Richard, why don't you guide us through some of these uh, spoiler cards? All right. We'll jump straight to the modern hype. Up the beanstalk. <laughs> Green card. Two mana. It's an enchantment. When up the beanstalk enters the battlefield and whenever you cast a spell with mana value five or greater, draw a card. <laughs> so people are imagining you play this. You evoke some, uh, some elementals. I guess Solitude and Fury in specific. You draw cards, pop off. It's like the one ring. Are we buying it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess no. Om Omnath can pop off pretty hard with this. Yeah, that's true. Uh, does I mean, Omnath need, does, does it need to pop off any harder, though? <laughs> like, that, that is the question. So does I mean, it care to uh, play a two-drop to do that? So it does I mean, cycle when it ETBs. So I like that aspect of it. That does really reduce the cost. That's not enough to make it playable. I'm, I'm pretty skeptical. Like, sure, you can draw off your Evoke Elementals, but, like, do you need that? Do you really want to be taking off turn two to... To play this card that just can trips in hopes that your solitude is slightly better the following turn or whatever. Like, I I don't personally see this being a super chase card. I just I don't think it triggers off enough. Like once you get past, you have what? Solitude, you have fury, and then you're to the I guess leyline binding. That's another one. Maybe uh, leyline binding oh, triggers it. It's not even a creature. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's like a little uh, better. 
Affinity is probably the real home for this. Yeah. Right? Like, what, what, what other spells actually cost here? So, Thought Monitor is five. What's the frog? <laughs> How much does that cost? Thought four. Monitor is seven. Uh, frog yeah, Monitor is four. Mirror Enforcer is big enough. Yeah. Mirror Enforcer, Sojourner's Companions, big enough. So, Affinity. Like, I feel they, because they, they actually can actually cast the cards they draw. So, they play this and then they just like vomit out like a million creatures and then. Hope you don't sweep them, and then that's it. Like I think that actually might be legit, rather than Omnath, who, if they're just comfortably casting their evoke elementals, you probably won already. You, they don't need to be drawing cards; like they don't care for it. So, hmm. I mean, if you're just evoke elementaling, isn't it essentially Risen Reef, but like maybe worse? I guess it doesn't die to but, but Risen Reef is one but... of the best cards in their deck. <laughs> so, what does that mean? Decent? Yeah. Yeah. Reserve All right, maybe. The lands, I think our yeah. conversation has made me slightly higher on it. I'm still not buying the staple hype, but I think I've come around to the point where, like, you could probably build a deck in modern that could take advantage of this and and actually be pretty good. Leyline binding is key. I think. Yeah. Leyline binding actually makes this kind of sweet. Leyline binding solitude fury. That's like twelve spells in your deck that would trigger it. That even by itself isn't bad, right? It does reduce the cost of like pitching things to your Vogue Elementals too. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm coming I, I around still to like it. Affinity. <laughs> Thought monitors, ancestral recall. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. on, so much card draw. <laughs> mm-hmm. So good. Uh, okay, the the iron, the iron Craig. So two mana, legendary artifact. Tap it to add a mana. So it's a two mana mana rock. Whenever a legendary creature enters a battlefield under your control, you may have the Iron Crag become a legendary equipment named Everflame Hero's Legacy. If you do, it gains three. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus three, and loses all other abilities. So obviously, if you're playing Commander, this card's really good. Like, this is just like a Commander staple, right? Because it's a two-mana rock, and there just aren't that many two-mana rocks. I mean, if you're someone who's in the play-only two-mana rock camp... This gives you another two mana rock when there's only what five ish maybe. But you have signets and like ta- yeah, I guess it depends on on your color. So if you're, if you're mono color, if you're mono color, I think it, then okay. you probably need to get to it. Colorless. Yeah. But what about standard? What about how good we haven't had a two mana man of a two mana rock in standard since World Wake. It's literally been more than a decade. Wizard shies away from two mana rocks. Is this a standard card? Does being legendary kill it? Is this going to be a staple that's playing turn three shielders now in every deck? Like, it gets around the legend rule a little bit because the first time you can, like, turn it into an equipment and then play a second one. But you can't stack up a bunch on the battlefield. Very curious what you guys think of this card for standard. Uh, I think it's it's definitely, like, kind of, oh, you hear Mana Rock and you immediately think Commander. So, like, why would it be good in standard or, like, a format like Pioneer? Um, But I, you know what? I actually could see this being kind of useful, right? Like, I mean, getting dropping it down on turn two and then being able to get, you know, your four drop, which, by the way, the whole format has, like, 54 drops. Uh, I, I think you're happy to get to four on turn three, right? Yeah. I think it's I think it's, it's worth it. It's legendary, though. What it is legendary. That? Like, that. that's if it was non-legendary, it'd be a different conversation. What what are our current standard ramp cards? We have so the only two mana ramp in standard are creatures that die to cut down. So you have two mana mana dorks. So if you want to 
play ramp on two that doesn't die to creature removal, this is, I believe, the only option. Remember the old Jund Windgrace deck or whatever that's yep. like trying to get up to five to reanimate? What were they using to ramp? I don't remember. Were they? Did they ramp? I guess it was probably Fable. They did, but but yeah, they had Fable, Fable? and then they also had Windgrace himself. Uh, but yeah, like hmm. I, I think this. I mean, I think the equipment part is kind of useless. Yeah, the equipment's oh, that, bad. That, that's vanilla. Like test, it's yeah. really just a two mana legendary <laughs> mana rock. It opens up really explosive draws. Like, the ramp decks, you can play this on two, uh, Invasion of Zendikar three, and then Atroxer Tally four. That's a pretty nutty start. And even if you legend reel yourself, if you're slamming a, a Tally yeah. or Atroxa, like, you generate so much card advantage. Who do you, what does it matter at that point? So that part's appealing. Just like the speed of this card. Yeah, I think, I think it'll be played. I, I, I think. The downsides of ramping are kind of gone in 2023 because all of your top end have so much value. So the the problem with ramping is like you ramp and then somehow your 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 bomb gets removed or something and then you're out of luck. Uh, but we have so much value that you can just play this generically. Like you don't really need to kind of go all in or like figure out like oh you know it's got to be a Karn or something like just like any dirtily six drop. We'll get you there. So maybe this is fine. Yeah, running out of action in your ramp deck is very much like a 2013 problem. I don't think it happens any. I don't think it happens yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think you do actually just die before you run out of action. Usually, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, here, this is what I really want to talk about, guys. Rabbit unicorns. <laughs> Regal bunicorn. Two mana, white spell. One in a white. It's a creature rabbit unicorn. Regal Bunnycorn's power and toughness are each equal to the number of non-land permanents you control. Is it the white goy Richard? Did get eaten by a <laughs> rabbit unicorn? Is, is this... <laughs> this is... So non-land. So... Non-land. Tokens. Clues. You have food. to be tokens. You have to be Enchantments. tokens. Rolls. Enchantments. Rolls. Right. Planeswalkers. Food. Treasures. There are I think many. This is way too much work. <clears throat> I think it's too much work to be. There's a lot of good cards that just like put multiple permanents on the battlefield, though. Think of like Blood Tithe Harvester, Wedding Announcement. Michael, I think you can make this big. The question is, is that enough? Is just like, yeah. what if this is consistently a two mana six six? Is that even good enough? <laughs> like it needs to be a two mana six six on turn two. Oh turn no! When you start no 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 no! Right? Like. If like, you're just going to dirtle around and then scenario. power it up later, like, that's kind of useless because it'll just get killed and chumped or cut down before it gets to the right size. Yeah. So you really kind of need to, like, turn one something, turn two bunny corn, turn three more stuff, and, like, start smashing with a 5-5 five five or a 6-6. Six six. Then I think it would be good. It's pretty bad against I mean, Wraths. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, this, the, what it... That's that's expected, right? Like, it's a creature. It's going to get eaten by a wrath. Well, but It'll I mean, it's fine. bad in the sense that, like, if you get wrath and top deck this, it's probably a 1-1. One, one. Compared to other two drops that maybe, like, a spirited companion even is not the worst top deck after you get wrath because you start to, like, rebuild a little bit, but. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think this card is, like, outside of its cuteness, I don't I don't really see what it does. That, that like, I, I, it's a solid two drop, I guess. It's fine in, like. <laughs> Like maybe Mardu, but or or green white, but like I, I don't know. It's most of the time just gonna eat it, go right to the graveyard. 
you do have some sweet stuff left in like specifically the Mardu colors from Innistrad because like so many things making blood tokens like whatever blood fountain all this stuff so that's like potentially two permanents on turn one and then turn two you play this so that's three permanents so it's a three three turn three you then what like play like wedding announcement and that's yeah. potentially like now a five five yeah. so like these are like, like those that's like the best case scenario that i'm painting in my head right now maybe there's a lot better i'm sure there's maybe a few like differences in like whether the number can go up or down but for the most part i think it like you could do that but then like seth had mentioned a board wipe does like shadow realm you and it has no trample so it gets chumped all the time I don't know. This card it, it needs feels evasion. okay. It, it, it needs, needs evasion. evasion. Yeah, I think this is probably just going to be bulk. And, and are people really talking about this for modern? What are we calling it, Tarmogoyf? <laughs> I think people have talked about it more for Pioneer. I've heard the the like Pioneer Goy for whatever. It could show up in like the Convoke deck in Pioneer. I think, but I think this sure. card's actually. I think it's the best version of what it is, but none of the previous versions of this have been even close to playable, so I'm not sure it's enough to actually be good, even though I think it is the best version of the grow based on what's on the battlefield card we've seen. Like, it's really hard to have any legitimate amount of permanence on the battlefield. Yeah. Like, anything. Like, like even if it's food, like, treasures, like, anything, right? Because if you have that much, you're probably winning already. And people will metagame to make sure you don't have that. So you, you might be like, oh, you know, we'll go tokens and all their spot removal will be useless. And then people will be like, wow, this rabbit deck is pretty good. I'll just play this like weenie sweeper thing. And then like you're you're like totally destroyed, right? So I mean, temporary lockdown pants. Oh, God. So hard. No. no. And, that, and that's it's not like that card is like, you know, fringe. What about it, it the really next... needed flying? Yeah, oh, yeah. Can <laughs> if you it, if it could fly? You can't have a flying bunny corn though. That would just be too too absurd. That's that's breaking my immersion, that's, Richard. That's, that's breaking my yes, immersion. That's, yes. That's <laughs> Let's go back to true fantasy here. Rabbit <laughs> unicorns. What do you What do you think about this next two drop? I'm curious. This seems like a Richard card to me, but I talked to Krim and he didn't really like it. So I'm curious what Richard thinks. You're the tiebreaker in this one. Okay, Mosswood Dread Knight, two mana. It's a 3-2. Okay, it's an adventure card. Let me read the the, the normal mode. Uh, so it's a 3-2 trample. When it dies, you may cast from your graveyard as an adventure until the end of your next turn. And then the adventure side is two mana sorcery adventure. Draw a card and lose one life. This card's trash. <laughs> I think people overvalue it. I think hey! people overvalue it. I think people way overvalue it. Because here, here's the deal, right? You will play it as a two-mana 3-2. Three, two. Like, you're yeah. not going to spend your turn two to, like, draw a card and lose a life. And then when it dies, you're not going to waste your turn three to draw a card and, like, leave a mana floating. And then even if you actually spent all this mana and did all the stuff, it's just, like, weird graveyard trespass. Or not graveyard. Uh, what's the other one? Underdog. Tenacious uh, underdog, tenacious, yeah. Co- tenacious, tenacious corn underdog, dog. Right? Corn dog. Yeah, so there's but, like there's like so much stuff going on. It looks like it's good, but like you really don't want to cast it when it dies. Like you don't want to go off curve just to draw a card. And Tenacious you spent mana, right? Like you uh. spent mana to do it, right? So you're you're doing four mana, three two trample, draw a card after your opponent removes. So it's not even that good, right? Like I, I don't know. I, I feel it's way overhyped. Sure, you might play it somewhere, but it's not like the greatest <sighs> thing ever. 
I mean, Tenacious Underdog sees a lot of play, right? And this is like it so gets the, subbed out though. It's, the math is even like... the math is similar. <laughs> like Tenacious Underdog's four mana to blitz. This is four mana to adventure and get on the battlefield. But it can actually block. It can play defense. It also has trample. It doesn't have haste like underdog, so it's not as aggressive. But it is a repeatable blocker. I feel like our standard's so grindy that a card like this, I guess it lines up poorly with Shieldred in specific because you don't necessarily want to be drawing <laughs> with Shieldred out. But it's so grindy that this like late game value engine that just keeps coming back and keeps coming back. That's very appealing to me. My biggest concern is just, like, green kind of sucks in standard and has for, like, forever now. So it is a green card, which is just a, a vote against it based on its color. But I think the card's really good. I think this is the, the recursive nature of this makes me very interested in it as a standard card. To the point where I want to, like, couldn't you just play the mono black deck and splash green for this to go with your shieldreds? It works well with shieldred. Why, why would I do that when they, they why would play... I do it when I have blue, right? <laughs> splash blue and then... You'd be Demir midrange, and you'd be yeah, good. But, but then you don't have Dread Knight. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> like I mean, okay. When I when I said I, I, you know, like obviously I don't think it's like the worst card I've ever seen. Or yeah. Anything like that. Right. I I just I just you're kind of it It's kind of mediocre, right? Like of of all the adventure things that we're seeing, this one's probably the least interesting. Uh, and, you know, like, it's asking for you to sink a lot of mana into it over time. Now, whereas, like, Tenacious Corndog, A, it gives you that haste, which means it is a real threat. You do have to actually kill that eventually. And every time it sends itself off and, out, like, off the board, it draws you a card. So you're rewarded for spending your four mana that turn. So this does reward you by getting you to draw a card, sure. But then you have this 3-2 that just sits there. And then it's going to die again, and then what, you lose another life and draw a card? Okay, here you go. I don't know, though, because I see people like Tenacious Underdog just smash into a shieldred because they want to cycle it for four mana. So it's not like Tenacious Underdog's always, like, getting in there with its haste anyway. No, but it can, right? Like, if, if like at least it can do that. This ain't going to do that at ever, right? Unless what, you about, have, like, <laughs> what about both? Just playing both. That sounds like a, the, that sounds like a standard deck to me. You're loaded with a bunch of miserable three twos. Razor Lash Transmogrant, oh, throw that in there. Oh. There's that skeleton one drop that comes back from the graveyard. <laughs> throw in an Urborg Orgoif, and we have a tier three deck. <laughs> Yo, that is. <laughs> Remember the original night? Like it's it was like a one mana one one death toucher. Oh yeah, that card was K three. That card was good. The what? <laughs> I mean, you had night synergies. I like, guess who's gonna spend three mana to draw a card and then like get a two for one with the death toucher? Like it's, it's a I lot think, of setup. And I think Edgewall Innkeeper. I think Innkeeper yes, skewed it's... my perception of adventures. I think. Yeah. Okay. All if just we, incidentally if we had drew a card or the clover or whatever. We this yeah. is a different story. Yeah. Right? But we're just talking about Jundi cards. And I think it's replaceable. Like, I, I think you could play any random two drop and it's like just as good. So I, I wouldn't want to play green just because of this card. I don't know if Seth is serious about that. <laughs> if he's going to add green to his black deck mm -hmm. just to play this card. <laughs> I mean, I might throw in some I, other I, cards I, too, but I, I'm going to try it. sounds I'm like there might it. be some truth Jund, to that. You can jund about this and the dragon. Mm. Mm. What about this? I could jund about. I could jund about in mono black set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this next one seems like a crim adventure, though. All right, uh, horned lock whale, four blue blue. It's an adventure card. It's a whale. Flash ward two. When it uh, it enters the battlefield, tapped unless it's your turn. 
It's a 6-6. Six, six. And then the instant is a 2-mana... Uh, or sorry, the adventure part is an instant that's two mana. The owner of target attacking creature you don't control puts it on the top or bottom of the library. This thing is cracked. I love this card. I love the two mana removal. The fact that I get a 6-6 six, six whale, I don't care if it's tapped, if it's, you know, it changes its color, it's, it becomes a 2-2 two, two at some point. The point here is the 6-6 six, six is the cherry on top, all right? Like, it doesn't matter what, what it, it, like, I would already pay the two mana, right? I love the two mana part. So then on top of that, I get a body that has ward and flash. Heck yeah. This card is sick. What do you think, Richard? They they can choose to put it on the bottom. And because they can put it on the bottom, I think this is less good. Like, it's do, still removal, right? Are, are we suffering right? for finishers in blue? Are we suffering for removal? Like, I, I, I guess it, it depends it's... what you're playing with blue. But if you're playing blue-black, like, why do you need this? Unless you well, really care about that whale finisher. But that's going to matter, right? Like, especially in a game of grinding, these creature halves are going to matter. And, but, like... Like, the, the problem is the top half doesn't deal with children, right? <laughs> like, it, it's the Wandering Emperor deal again. They're like, well, Horned Lock Whale's in the format, and they got two blue. I'm just going <laughs> to hang back here with children and, well, like, never let you remove her, right? This was coming into play tapped anyways, right? So it wasn't going to, like, a surprise block, it, no, no, it, I mean the the tucking, the the adventure part to get rid of Shouldred off the board. Sure. Well, but wait, this helps get rid of Shouldred. Well, if it attacks, no, no, right? It has to, it has to attack. Shouldred has oh, to attack. Oh, I mean, yeah, sure, okay. But like, but even like, like if your opponent doesn't attack, you're still gaining life, right? Like that's yeah. still that's still. But something. when you just run hard removal, like. But the hard is, removal is, is the whale worth it? Are we are we lacking finishers such that we need the whale part of it to play I, kind of this subpar removal? To me, it feels I think it's free rolly in a control deck, right? Like I yeah. see it as like if you look at like the Esper control decks that play like zero yeah. creatures and they're like, I'm gonna try to win with Wandering Emperor after twenty turns. Like <laughs> this is the way that speeds up your clock, right? You get a good enough removal spell. I'm imagining you play a couple copies. Yeah. I don't know if this is a playset card, but you run a couple copies of this. You get a good enough removal spell in the early game and then in the late game, you get a 6-6 six, six that can actually close out the game after you farewell or, you know, set, get things set up. You can just take over and close out the game really quickly. So I like it in Crim decks, I think. And also maybe Mono Blue. It's a little awkward because it's not a spell in the graveyard, which kind of matters for the Mono Blue tempo deck. But still, the removal spell for Mono Blue might be worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever your your taste of, you know, preference and control, it'll do fine in that, right? And tempo yeah, that's fine in that. Like, I, what like you're that, looking for. Okay, tempo yeah, I is think... not right. Tempo is not right. You just phase out their thing and like beat them sure. down. Uh, but I think control. Yeah, I I, I can buy, I can buy like a two of in control. You you use this as your finisher instead of relying on wandering emperor <laughs> for tokens. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Wandering emperor tokens still close out the game pretty quickly. Uh, I, do you think we're overrating adventures as a whole? Because we're remembering how strong they were last time, in part because the actual adventures were even more push, and in part because of the payoffs. Like, do you think adventures are going to be much worse this time around without Innkeeper, without Lucky Clover, without Bone Crushers, and like the most pushed modern playable ones? Or is it just an inherently powerful card type because it's two cards in one? It's got to still be good, right? Like, these it's, still got to be good. Just two cards in one. And you just got to be happy about the front side, which is why I'm trying to figure out, like, if you had a spell that was just literally, like, one in a blue, like, target attacking creature puts top on bottom, 
would you play? We used to play uh, Ether Gust. I guess Ether Gust yeah. moves stuff from the stack, though. But it's you played it as any like the, the, the non stack version a lot of the times, and we're very happy about it, right? Azurius yeah. Charm, the old, yeah. old school. We used to play that to like put an attacking creature on the, on the top of the We love that, that. We played a full four. So of I them. think it's playable enough, and the, you know, the, the free roll 6 6 is good to finish the game. Then I think it's actually a good card. I think I think you play this in control decks probably. I mean, yeah, that's definitely where it's going. And void rent, it goes with void rent. See, <laughs> after you void right. rented barrel them. encounter, it's a sorcery green green. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may exile a creature card from among them. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. You may cast the exiled card this turn. At the beginning of the next combat phase this turn, target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to up to one target creature you don't control. Why do they have to word it that way? Plus fight. <laughs> it, it's I mean, card drawn like fine, yeah right like the card's not bad the wording though there is there not a better way to word what they were trying to do with this card i feel like this is a simple effect it's supposed to be get a creature from your top five and bite spell something but somehow it took a very convoluted paragraph of text to get that like relatively simple effect across i mean yeah also, I, so many people are getting they're gonna wait till they're post combat to cast this, and then not get the bite because. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm wondering how many people are gonna forget. Oh god, I'm gonna do that. Oh, I'm I'm definitely gonna do that. Is this card good? Like, so the problem in standard I, is this is a very green card, right? If we're skeptical of Dread Knight, which is a little green, this is like pretty heavy green commitment. I mean. Like, I, I, I think these are going to serve different purposes. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I think that this is actually a sweet card if there is a green shell. Like, I think that if there if we find a green deck in standard mono green, whatever, maybe even Golgari, yada, 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 then yeah. I think this goes in. I think this goes in. Yeah. Good in the good in the Mosswood Red Knight This makes deck. you want to play green. Yeah. No. This is a... A, a fight, like a bite, not even a fight, a bite, right? Yep. That lets you look at the top five and grab a creature. That's extremely good, right? The problem with like bite spells, like what if I don't have a creature? What am I biting? Nothing, right? But now you can go fetch a creature uh, if, if you actually need that, right? But just like you curve out, do, do we have any le- like death touchers that are legitimate? I mean, oh, there's always random thing <laughs> of shit geeky. The one, one mana, no, one, no, one. No. I mean, like real cards, like. Like you know the the Shield last night we're talking about the dread knight. If that was death touch instead of trample, mm, okay, combo. There right? there is <laughs> but, sleeper agent or whatever the the resident sleeper agent from mono in mono black. It eventually gets death touch. Yeah, children kills everything. Children kills. Whale or whatever now, I mean, right? But so it's like uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like the whale, right? In that it's an okay but not great removal spell early in the game, and then late in the game, it's also like something else. In this case, card draw. I think it's good. I think it's good. Yeah. You got to be a heavy green deck, so we'll see. We'll see it's if that develops. Green, though. It's kind of annoying to cast. That's that's kind of the challenge. It is annoying to cast. And who wants to read it? Like, that's the, the other problem. Just so much you, clunky text. You might just win on that. Wait, it, invoke is banned, right? Yes, Despair. thank God. Yes. My goodness. Yes, okay. it is. 
So we, we don't have to worry about trying to curve out double green. No, no. Quad black. No, no, no. Whatever. <laughs> All right. I got I got some questions about this set for you. Just lightning lightning round before we move out of Wilds of Eldraine. So question one, virtue cycle. That's the adventure enchantment cycle at Mythic. Yeah. There's one in each color. Which one of the virtues would you pick as the best one of the cycle? And which is the worst of the cycle? Give me your oh, give me your little what what, what format? <laughs> yeah. So not commander for sixty card okay. formats. For sixty card. I guess standard primarily then. I mean, for me, I like standard it's gonna be the white one. And oh god, I can't I know that we said circle of loyalty was, you know, the truth. <laughs> and then Ember and then Ember Cleave was the better one of that cycle. Cards. <laughs> Look, but I think and maybe maybe this is the familiarity and that's why I'm voting for it, but <laughs> I think the white one is the best one. God, I and I'm not trolling. <laughs> I I do think virtual loyalty just seems really solid, uh, and I have to imagine that again we're speaking standard. Um, if we're talking standard, I I think virtue of strength is probably the worst one, the green one, because the 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 adventure half whatever it returns target creature or a land card from your graveyard to your hand for mana, but then the seven mana you're you're you have to tap a basic land for man, yeah. by the way, for it to produce three times that much. So in standard, that's got to be the worst one. Basic land restrictions tough on that. Like that's the yeah. that's going to be the challenge. It really narrows the decks that could play it. What do, what do you think, Richard? What's your your best and worst of the virtues? So it's either white or black as the best one. So the the black oh. one is two mana removal. It's minus three, minus three, gain two life. But then it lets you reanimate a creature every uh, upkeep. Uh, but it's it's seven mana, so it's expensive. But the the removal plus gain life is, is kind of legit. Uh, and then the white one, it's just create a knight token for two mana. Uh, and then the five the the five mana cost of it at the beginning of your end step, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Untap those creatures. Untap uh, so very aggressive. those creatures. I mean that's kind of relevant, and defensive. Right? You're beating those down, are... and then you can block. Um, yeah, those two are the best. Green is the worst because what do you like? You, you have seven mana, and then you're gonna triple your mana, and you're playing basics only. Like, I'm like what, this is clearly a commander card. The one, uh, maybe the red one thing can pop off if there's a burn deck. <laughs> the red one's not bad. Like the red one's kind of bone yeah. crusher, two mana shock is an instant, and then five mana whenever non-combat damage is dealt to your opponent, you get to exile that many cards and play them this turn. Like I think that one. I, I see black and white as the clear winners. I would put those as like the A tier ones. And then I think red is like the B tier one. And then blue, and it pains me to say this because it's a panharmonicon, is like a C tier one. And then the green one, the only thing I will say is like tripling your mana at seven does turn like light up the night or Shivan Devastator into a lethal one shot the next turn, which probably isn't good enough, but it is kind of hilarious that you play this and untap and just like fireball your opponent for 20 and close out the game. But I think it is the the worst of the bunch for standard. And honestly, what about commander? Is that the worst for commander too? I feel like that basic land restriction just kind of kills that card for me, unless you're like mono green Omnath or something. Like unless you're a pretty specific deck, like 
I feel like what this is Nick's Bloom Ancient do? Is this any land? Yeah, any, any land. Any mana source. Yeah. So your mana rocks yeah, as right. well. And but anything, it's an yeah. eight drop like enchantment creature or something, right? This thing is it, an it, It's seven. So it is seven it still, seven? but it is seven a creature, mana. so it dies to stuff. This doesn't die to Doomblade. Yep. Sure. So, uh, I mean, maybe if you're mono green, you're trying to do something, Helix pinnacling people or something. I don't know. Like I, I can see a use for this, but I don't think it's particularly strong. All right, next next question of the lightning mold. We got some power creep in this set. You need to tell me if this is good or bad for magic. So we got Cheeky House Mouse. Cheeky House Mouse, everyone's favorite uh, favorite one drop. It's uh, literally a Savannah Lions, except it also has an adventure mode where for one mana you can uh, pump a creature and make it unblockable by big things for a turn. And then we got an upgraded divination quick study a lot of people have been talking about this card it's just three mana draw two but instant speed divination three mana draw two sorcery speed what do you think of this power creep like is this we always talk about power creep and i feel like we're always talking about it in a negative context too much power creep snowballing out of control is this what we're talking about or is this kind of power creep different than than when we're always complaining about power creep being out of control this is the good power creep, right? Like, I, I, I like these cards. I think they're pretty sweet. Uh, I, lo- I mean, okay, Cheeky House Mouse, cute and whatever, mono white aggro deck, and very adorable. You know what? You, we, it seems like uh, uh, Shieldred has Seth's number. But you know what? Shieldred ain't blocking this, right? So, so, Seth, I found your best friend. It's Cheeky House Mouse. Cheeky House Mouse. We're getting in there. <laughs> I mean, it, obviously, it, like it's nuts, right? Because, like, you know, you saw Savannah Lions. I, I saw it all the time as a kid. I'm like, oh my god, that's a twenty dollar like just card, right? For no reason. And now you have this at uncommon, and it's clearly just better. Uh, but and then and then whatever. What's the name of the blue one again? I forgot the divination. Quick study. Quick study is Quick the study. instant speed divination. Yeah. Pot of greed. Is that you? <laughs> is that you? Pot of greed. <laughs> have we gotten there? <laughs> It's not pot of greed. It's cool though. I'm glad that now you can divinate. I I'm pretty excited for that uh, at instant speed. That's do you honestly do you think it's playable, Krim? Like so, a decade ago, Pro Tour Born of the Gods was one with I believe four divinations in the main deck of Ivan Flox Blue White Control deck. <laughs> is instant speed divination enough to make the card relevant in 2023, or is that just still not a playable card even at instant speed? I mean, even at instant speed, in the, I'm talking standard. Maybe somebody standard, it somewhere yeah. else, right? But like, um, I, don't we have compulsive research or whatever? Or and then we also have a uh, thirst for knowledge. Draw yep. three, ditch two, unless you ditch an artifact. More yep. often than not, I feel like most of these decks want to ditch some stuff so that this way it does some kind of nonsense in their synergistic deck, right? Like whether it's Talarian Terror and it wants instants and sorceries in the yard, so it can be cheaper, right? Like. I like I I, th- I think this card's cool. I think it's cute. I like to see the power creep on this, but I don't think it beats some of the other stuff that's in the format. What about you, Richard? What do you think of this power creep? Quick study is good. My day paid two <laughs> mana to draw a card at instant speed and then flash that back for another three mana. Yeah, that was it's five called think mana twice. Raw two. Think twice. Think twice. It's sick, yeah. dude. <laughs> That might have like also been in that Pro Tour winning deck, come to think of it. <laughs> Instant versus Sorcery is a huge deal, right? Because if you're a control sure. deck, they play something, you're like, oh, I don't need to remove it. I'm just going to draw cards. And then, you know, I'll untap and remove it or untap sweep or whatever. I don't know how relevant that is in 2023 when you need to remove everything. But yeah. the, the play pattern 
is there. And Krim was mentioning these kind of conditional, you know, three mana draw twos. Uh, this is unconditional. Like, you don't need to have an artifact or some weird synergy to make this work. You just slam it in your deck. So I think Quick Study is actually very playable. I'm very excited for it in Commander. I think it's probably mm. <laughs> pretty good in mm. Commander as well. <laughs> you hold up your Teferi's Pro or your whatever, right? And then you just pass a turn around and draw two. So I, I actually really like Which, there's this so low-end power creep. There's so in Commander. <laughs> But it's like, it's a free card. It's a common, like, everyone will have access to it. You can, like, f- put your deck in it. It's serviceable. So I, I kind of like this lower-end power creep as opposed to, like, here's Jeweled Lotus. Here's an $80 card that you can put in every single commander deck. This is, like, this is free. You can put it in everywhere, right? It costs 25 cents. So I, I, I like Quick Study. Yeah, to me, this is also the good kind of power creep. Like, I think this is this is where power creep's a positive. And it's not very interesting if Divination's the best card draw spell at three mana for 30 years of magic. Like, we want cards to keep getting better, I think. That's interesting. We just don't want it to happen too fast. And I think this is, like, the perfect place with stuff like Savannah Lion's Divination that hasn't been constructed viable in a decade, 15 years, 20 years in some cases. Those are the kind of cards that should get a little better. And there's still some nostalgia to it. Yeah, it's, like, goofy and it's cheeky house mouse instead of Savannah Lion's or whatever. But it's cool to see, like, a Savannah Lion's that might actually be playable again. It's cool to see a Divination that might actually be playable again. So I also am a... A big fan of this style of power creep, and I hope they keep doing it. And, uh, you know, these lower rarity cards, these upgrades, these slight upgrades. Last question about the set. Does this feel like an unset to you? Is every set an unset now? The more I hear Cheeky House Mouse, Raging Battle Mouse, uh, Bunnicorns, like, I feel like every set's an unset now. I remember, like, not that long ago, they couldn't print squirrels in Black Border because they were too goofy, so they had to save them for unsets because squirrels, like, that's not magic. Now we got bunny corns, ra- raging mice. Is this not but the Gandalf set to do? Seth. Yeah, like, I'll s- A, yeah, Gandalf. B, but, like, I do think that, like, Wilds of Eldraine and just Eldraine as a whole is the perfect set for this. It makes sense here, right? The fact that there's literally a, a gingerbread uh, attacking you, right? Uh,. uh I'm here for it. it. It makes sense in Eldrain. I don't think it's like out, out of this world. It doesn't break the immersion because it's all a bunch of fantasies, uh, like, you know, like fantasy stories. And like there's fairies, there's trickery, there's nonsense here. Right. We're talking like there's like a donut that's attacking me. Right. Like, like I, I don't know. I mean, there's a character that has a gummy worm on her arm. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's someone beating you with a piece of barbecue. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, what's it called? The rotisserie, the skewer, yeah, rotisserie or skewer or uh, night. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like, like unset cards. I'm not saying it's a bad I thing, mean, but to me, those are unset cards. Nothing in 2023. Like we but were just flavor. all meta slaves. But Richard, like, it I is mean, flavor. But, okay. It's food, the and I'm not. It's that. a mouse versus like I don't know a goblin versus a flying pig, whatever. Like nobody really. They're like oh. Does it beat children? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, if it does, like, we're, we're all game. So, I think everything's an unset. I don't think anyone cares anymore. Mm. I think we're fine with universes beyond as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's some old, you know, like, hardcore magic fan. Like, I've been playing since 95, and I'm here to play, like, goblins my, or something. Mice in my game. Buddy corn, I'm out. <laughs> I, I think, like, Raghavan, like, sealed that, like, pirate monkey, whatever. Yeah. Dominating modern, like, nobody cares. Uh, like. So, I don't know. I think it's okay. 
without yeah. all the universes beyond, without all of that, even if there was never, ever a universe beyond, this would still be fine. I don't think so. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I do think their tone is magic has shifted. And I think Wizards has been become more OK with like being a little goofier, like being more punnier to me. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it's probably no, no, a good no. thing. But I feel like. I feel like some of the stuff we see in normal sets now are stuff that 10 years ago would only show up in unsets because they would think it was too goofy or whatever. So I think it's probably a good thing that Wizards has loosened up a little bit. But I definitely feel like there's a there's a notable tone change, I would say, in the last few years with some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, when like we get it, the secret Pringle, the, the secret layer Pringles. We know they've gone. <laughs> yeah, they're aware. <laughs> the Pringles crossover. <laughs> Speaking of secret layers, that was our last topic today before we run out of time. They just announced the fall super drop. Seven new secret layer drops going on sale as we speak. Actually, they went on sale like an hour ago. So you can check them all out over at secretlayer.com. But I want to ask you guys, do you have a favorite out of this new this new drop series? Give me, oh, yeah. give me your one pick if you're if you're gonna snag one. So this is gonna seem weird because they do have a banned one, right? Like that's like it's like it, the problem is I love the art. I see what they're going for when they like you have Tevish Zat, which clearly looks like the classic spaghetti font, like like you know death metal, like black metal music stuff, like Black Dahlia Murder, yada yada yada. Um, but I don't like any of the cards. <laughs> I, I, I like Vile Smasher, uh, and that's that's about it. And Tevish, that's, like, cool. Doom of Fools, by the way. But what's funny here is, like, I think of the arts, I th- I really, really like the VHS ones. Like, the first <laughs> sliver as Alien, pretty much. Like, like look at Rampant Growth looking like a horror movie. Like, it's uh, it, rewind like a sci-fi movie. Food Chain, clearly another monster movie. Between that and Magic the Baseballing, those two are actually the ones I'm the most hyped on. Look, you have j- all the Lorwyn Planeswalkers as if they were baseball cards. How hilarious is that? That is so funny. I need those. <coughs> What are you? I'm old. I can't, I can't even tell what the first ones were. <laughs> the rampant growth first liver. I'm like, what? What is this? I'm like, am I? Well, I'm too young, I guess. I I can't even tell these VHS. But uh, how is that possible? Because I love them. I don't know. I don't know, Krim. I just didn't recognize it. There's just too much weird art. Now. You didn't. You didn't go to a blockbuster. This just looks like if you went I to did, blockbuster. It didn't look like this, man. This what are you talking like about? Eighties VHS or something. I, yeah. I like the. I like the meta joke with rewind in there. That was a nice, nice touch to add rewind into that yeah. secret layer drop. <laughs> I, my, my favorite is the baseball cards. It better come with a with a stick of stale gum. It's got to oh, have the God. gum. You gotta have the oh, gum. God. It's gotta have the gum. Uh, I don't know about these choice of OG Lorman Planeswalkers. Like, how am I ever going to play this ever? I guess Party Jace is kind of playable. Party Jace, I still jam. And Liliana Vest. Close. Actually, Garrick, too. The untapping two lands. But they aren't the most. (laughs) What's the last time you played Commander deck? Nah, that's that's true. Oh. Oh. 
Never mind. <laughs> they do look cool, though. The cards, like, if you're listening to the audio cast, on the front, it has, like, pretty baseball cardy looking art. And then the back, you have to flip it over to get the, the stats. And that's where you see all the abilities, just like a baseball card. So I like that one as well. The other one I'd give a shout out to is the the kind of psychedelic bugging out one. The the grist in that is pretty sweet looking with the kind of this big skull. And it's just kind of got it reminds me of like old like 70s psychedelic posters or something. So I think that one looks pretty cool as well. So those would be the top the top tier for me. The music one, I also was kind of it looked a little too metally for me. Like it was a little little too hardcore for my music taste, I think. But <laughs> a little uh, too hard. Seth, little, Seth, little too we just, just got to get you to listening to like breakdowns and I don't, random everyone, stuff like that. Everyone it'll, thinks it'll I'm a metalhead because of the, the long hair and the beard, but actually don't don't listen to that much metal. <laughs> I don't like metal that much. Wait, are these cards tournament legal? Yes. Yeah. I mean, are they tournament playable? <laughs> I mean, food chain? I can't even food read chain's a real the, the card. card. after Grist, what is it? I have no idea. What the I card after, oh boy, yes. Death Priest. I uh, see Death, Death Priest. Priest. It's all the death priests. <laughs> yeah. And like the planeswalkers, like they're on the back. Can you do that? It is so Mazarek Crawl Death Priest. We have a Gris in there, Noxious Revival, Giant Adiphage, and Eldritch Evolution. <laughs> so of that, Eldritch Evolution would get played in some format, and maybe Noxious uh, Revival and Grist. So that's Wait, actually... no, but these, these are going to be Pringles, though. These are not tournament players. You can get non-foil. There are non-foil <laughs> options, non-foil. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh. Interesting. I, I, I want to see 2023 tournament magic. I want to. <laughs> like, I want to be in a feature match. And I want to have all secret all layer secret, cards in my deck. All secret layers, all different <laughs> secret layers. One of this style, one of that style. <laughs> I'm I'm not far from it. Um, also, <laughs> did you did you all see? Like, okay, I love Kev Walker's art. Like that, it that betrays is so cool, and the flesh bag marauder. But I, I cannot put money towards anything with Carnage Tyrant. So, uh, <laughs> like, I th- that is just a violation of literally my existence. So, uh, yeah, cool, cool secret lair. But oddly enough, because something I do want to talk about in this is that look at all the art before it. It's so wild. Like, and then, and then you have two. Here it is. No, no. Like again, I love Kev Walker and their art, but like, and then there's just like, just art, right? It's like just the, normal, normal like art. Good, very good, solid magic art. But like, right. art you would see in any main set or whatever. It's very nice art, very good art. But it just looks so different than all the other stuff because all the other stuff is like pretty far out there and very different than everything we've seen before. But uh, and then the Kev Walker, it's just very that. classic. Yeah. I've come to like kind of like that though, right? Like, like secret layers, their chance to run wild, get an artist that you know doesn't normally do like you know like magic art or something like that, and you can get real weird and abstract things, things that make Richard wonder what game he's playing. You know, <laughs> players in that bracket. You, you know, you know what this is actually really? It's just, just like real, like normal art. You know, in like the 1600s, people were like, "How do shadows work?" And they're like trying to draw realistic photos. <laughs> And then by like by the time we get to the 1800s or 1900s, whatever, everyone's like master that. So art is now like one red line, and you're like, wow, that that's exquisite, right? Like this is where we're at with magic cards, right? We're like, oh, that's the normal frame. We don't care about that. I want the card to be as unreadable as possible, and I want it to be a puzzle for you to figure out what card I'm trying to resolve. Like we're we're at this phase where the next. The next card will be like a red square, and you'll be like, "Well, that represents 
the the dimensional cube it's doubling season or something, right? <laughs> like, like that's like that's 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 where we're getting. That's where we're getting at, right? Every match is gonna time out because everyone's got to be like, hmm, I gotta break down this <laughs> art what it means to me. It's a Rorschach <laughs> test, essentially. Yeah. Uh, one one last shout out to the secret layers, uh the VHS one. The cards in that are actually kind of ridiculously valuable. I think Wizards didn't take into account the price spikes because of Commander Masters. First Sliver and right rewind. now is, First Sliver is like 65 bucks just to get a, a copy of it now. So yeah. if you're someone who's looking to upgrade your Sliver deck from Commander Masters and that's one of the cards you need, being able to snag the whole airdrop for 30 bucks is a... Uh, like half price compared to just buying a copy of the first sliver by itself and food chains like 20 bucks too. So uh, that seems like a very good buy from a, from a financial perspective, if you need those cards. So keep that one in mind. That's the big winner financially. The other ones I think are all like, if you like the art, go for it, but the card value is not absurd, but the value on the VHS one is actually kind off the charts because of uh, the first sliver. But I mean, the artwork is worth it alone. The artwork, the artwork is is pretty sweet. Anyway, Richard, we're at the end of the cast. We're running out of time. Can we sneak in one fish mail for all the the fish mail lovers out there? Also, how do people send all in right. fish mail? If you have questions, send to at MG Goldfish with the hashtag MG Fish Mail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Mm-hmm. Okay, Magnus Magnuson with Modern Horizons three on the horizons. Uh, uh-huh. And it likely being at a higher power level, where would you like to see power level concentrated in the set? At the 1 to 2 mana value range, e.g. Ragavan or Bowmasters, or 3 to 4 mana value range, Fable or the One Ring? Where would, like, where would you like to see power? <laughs> All those cards are probably like a bit too good for their time, but um, I would... I think you can do a lot more with the higher mana values. What about like six? Well, what about six mana value? We need some like improved Titans. <laughs> I, I, Five. Five's underappreciated. We, yeah. we need a new Tron target. It's that time again. We need, we need, we need Tron to actually use their seven mana instead of yeah. stopping at four. I, I, I do actually really want like six. Like I, I want there to be power creep on six drops that are played in standard. Right, mm-hmm. I do want to see that again. Right, like I, I, I'm hyped on this like bar, like the dragon with bargain, the mythic one from like like whoa, but like, yeah, I I don't know. I just want six drops and up to be pl- like like you know respected again. I mean, I think I want. Oh, go ahead. I, I I I got I got an option that's not here, and it's zero. I get some free spells, baby. Some, no, dude. <laughs> we get more free upgrade. spells. The only way to sell cards is to make them free. So last time we had the evoke cycle. This time, we don't. We want another pack cycle. What do we want here? We're gonna get some, another free cycle for you to play with in modern. We don't need lands at all. The the only thing we really know about this set is double face card theme. So maybe we'll get our first ever double face free spells. That seems that seems oh, fair. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I can see it being like front side, like cost something, and then not, and then it exiles, and you can p- play it for free afterwards, ooh. something like that. But yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I'm hyped for the set. Baby. It's gonna be, it's gonna be very interesting to see what they do. But no, no more Ragavans, please. We can, we can skip that for now. Anyway, how do people send in fish mail for next week, Richard? All right, so I'm gonna do the hashtag energy fish mail on uh, Twitter. 
And I think that brings us to the end of episode 448 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Guard Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have an amazing week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out. Thank you.